The Jail Days and J-Rap Show is brought to you in part by May's Sandwich Shop. Serving delicious hometown favorites to the West Lawn community since 1947. are listening to the Joe Mays and J-Rap Show, bringing you the latest news and commentary on baseball. The 0-2 pitch, swing and a miss, struck him out! The Philadelphia Phillies are 2008 World Champions of Baseball! Hockey. The Big Ten Championship lies on a measurement. Did he get it? No! He didn't get it! Penn State holds! They brought back the fun, they brought back the excitement, and now they've brought back a Big Ten Championship. The Penn State Nittany Lions are Big Ten Champions. And the NFL. He's in! Patriots win the Super Bowl! Brady has his fifth! What a comeback! Now, here are your hosts, Joe Mays and Justin Raffoff. Our circle, fires down low, angled out front, starts for Shard, score! Penn State takes the lead, they come through on the power play! Into the gopher end. Sturts goes down. Puck sitting far corner. It's scooped up towards the next. Fire. Score! Eric Audio, the hero. It's over. Penn State wins 4-3 in double overtime. The Nittany Lions are going to the NCAA tournament and are heading to the Big Ten Championship. What a game. All right, well, everyone, that's a little bit of tease of what we're going to start with here because we just kind of have to. Um, What Penn State did over the weekend is kind of incredible, so we're going to talk about that a little bit on episode 227 of the Joe Mays and J-Rap show, but I'm not alone this evening, and despite sitting next to me is no one. If you watched last week when we did March Madness, we had a guest in, and tonight is no different, and I'll pull them up here and let them say hi and introduce them for you, and... um, we have this evening, like always, Mr. Justin Raffoff, but joining us for the first time on the Joe Mays and J-Raff show is Mr. Brent Berenshausen. Thanks for joining us, guys. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's good to be here. So, Actually, be- hold on, let me say something. Sure. My, I was on the show once before. You were on the Joe Mays and J-Raff show once yes. before? I think you talked baseball then. No, you? no, here's what happened, if you remember this. I, uh, it was like three years ago in the summertime. My left leg was in the, on the show. Cause you guys recorded and I sat over in this corner and <laughs> my left leg was in picture. <laughs> I didn't talk at all, but my left leg was there, so. But it's good to be back in full form. Yeah, then welcome for sure for being here, you know, the entire part of yes, you. All of me. That everyone can see. <laughs> that, that, that's good. Um, so we're gonna be talking our baseball preview. Then we're going to talk about the Movie Madness tournament. We're going to throw in talk about the NCAA tournament, which we spoke with Adam Filer, our basketball analyst, last weekend. We'll go over who's winning our pool. Uh, but first, we're going to start 
with Penn State because a lot's happened in the last 24 hours for the Nittany Lions and you know I'd be remiss to uh not mention it I, I've been a huge hockey fan my whole life Penn State just got a program uh, at the Division One level, I think this is their fourth full season. Yeah, five years ago the program did not exist, and now, well, they've done something special. And um, why don't we uh, take a listen to the second part? The first part that I played in after the intro was them winning their second game in the Big Ten tournament, defeating uh, Minnesota. It was in, the number one ranked. The team number one the ranked 10. team. In double overtime. This allowed them to go to Detroit and Joe Louis Arena to play Wisconsin, the second seed in the Big Ten tournament. And the winner of that won the Big Ten tournament and gained an automatic bid to the NCAA tournament, which is only 16 out of 60 teams make it. So Penn State in its fourth year as a program trying to clinch that automatic berth. I think technically they were going to make it anyways. Yeah, I think, I think the calculation gave them a 99% chance after the win against Minnesota. Right. So going into the weekend, they were a true bubble team where they could make it, but there were absolutely right. no guarantees. When they beat Minnesota in the semifinal, that All helped their case them. a lot, yes. Yeah, but well, So they were kind of playing for seeding now. Right, They, they wanted a better seed. You, know? you wanted to be a two or three, not a one or four, and we'll get to that shortly. But let's take a listen to what happened in Detroit at basically midnight last night. That was Penn State winning the Big Ten postseason tournament championship. They uh, were able to do what no one thought they would be able to do in winning that postseason tournament for sure because, wow, um, they had to win three games, which no team has ever done to win the Big Ten tournament. And they did it in incredible style. Back-to-back double overtime games. They essentially played four-plus games in three nights. And what Coach Guy Godowski was able to do with his uh, players is incredible. And now we know, we found out today, that Penn State will be a number three seed in the NCAA tournament. And they will get to play uh, Union in Cincinnati this coming Saturday in their first ever NCAA Division One men's hockey tournament game. So they're one of the best 16 teams in the country, which we kind of thought most of the year. They faded a little down the stretch, and now they hit their stride again. So it's good to see uh, them back where we had hoped they'd be about two months ago. Yeah, it's kind of crazy when you look at it. I think, so they played three games. They played Friday, Saturday, or sorry, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And they 
like uh, the Friday and Saturday games were both double overtime games. You know, like that that's unbelievable um, to be able to just kind of keep keep going through that. Um, it's pretty amazing. Great weekend for them. Great few years for them. Um, it's been fun kind of seeing them uh, come to prominence. Um, you know, and there's lots of talk about how the facilities, you know, are, are top notch. And I saw an article maybe a month or so ago that talked about how um, hockey in the U.S. is growing the fastest in the mid-Atlantic. And the article was like, talked. that was the first part of the headline. And then the second part was, and why that's fantastic news for Penn State. Just basically because like it, it breeds players here, you know, and then you, you have those players available and it just, you know, cause recruiting, like that's one, that's one of the sports where recruiting, you know, you need to be able to recruit outside of Pennsylvania if you want to be able to compete in college hockey. And, but to have that program growing in the mid Atlantic Northeast area is, is huge for Penn State hockey. Absolutely. And I'd be remiss if I didn't mention um, Peyton Jones was the most outstanding player of the Big Ten tournament. Uh, props to him. And, and you heard, um, um, oh, what's his name? Is it Fox? Yeah. yeah. Uh, he had three goals all season. He had three goals in right. like, three games. And in also, the I think to top it off, Big Ten tournament. I think last, like middle of last week, I think Penn State got a huge hockey recruit uh, committed to Penn State uh, for next year. So, like, it... <laughs> It was a good week for, oh, for Penn State men's week. hockey. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. So um, All kinds they, of firsts. They win the Big Ten tournament. They, oh, for the record, they beat Wisconsin in the Big Ten they championship beat game. Minnesota and Wisconsin. Right. And they beat Michigan, Minnesota, okay. and Wisconsin. If you, so. flash back, if you flash back a couple months ago, Penn State was beating Wisconsin for another Big Ten championship. So yeah. kind of just... Kind of a big uh, deal. Yeah, kind of, kind of a lot of fun. And it's been a good few months. And I, I, I know you guys can't see it, but I'm, I have uh, the Instagram page of Penn State Man's Hockey up next to the video of us talking. And uh, there's some cool photos from the uh, Penn State Hockey account, including one of the Ice Hockey Tournament Champions Trophy in Beaver Stadium underneath the Jumbotron that has the uh, We Are Big Champions Ice Hockey. Uh, it's been an incredible year for Penn State Athletics. And, um, well, we have more to talk about for, about Penn State before we move on to baseball and our movie madness tournament, which I'm really excited to talk about and to, uh, touch on. But first, something else happened last night that we, um, also want to talk about. So let's, uh, let's move on to that. Yeah. So, yeah. For me, honestly, this started, I believe, uh, Thursday, or it, it may have been Friday. Actually, it, it would have been Friday. Um, but I, I get a text from, from Joey just saying like something along the lines of like, it has happened or what has happened <laughs> here. I am following, like not just following, but like actively following and watching, uh, wrestling and Penn state, um, you know, ranked in the top two, most of the season, um, beat Iowa for the, for the duel. So in the duel championships, like it's one team going against another team. Um, but the national championship um, is all individual, and then each individual earns points, and then whatever team earns the most points wins, um, you know, wins the event and is, you know, the national champion there. So essentially, there's multiple layers of national championships in in wrestling. There's the dual meet, there's the team championship, and then there's also ten weight class winners. Well, you know, you go through it and. 
Penn State ends up with five wrestlers in the semifinals um, on Friday night. Correct. And, you know, you're looking there. A few of them are favorites, and a few of them are um, underdogs, including some some redshirt freshmen and a true freshman. And, you know, it's just you look at it, how, how's this going to play out? Um, next thing you know, they go 5-0 and in the – in the semifinals, and they place five wrestlers in the in the championship rounds, which is unbelievable. Um, so when when you get to it, uh, they also they did a poll. NCAA wrestling did a poll either through Twitter, or through their website, or something. What you wanted to be the premier, like the prime match, and it was elected to be Gabe Dean of Cornell, two time defending champion, against uh, Penn State's Bo Nickel, who is a redshirt sophomore. Um, and Bo Nickel got upset at, at the Big Ten Championships. That was part of Penn State kind of had a disappointing weekend there. And yeah, it, Ohio it, State won. And and I said to my dad, I was like, you know what? I, I feel like this could refocus them. There's two weeks till national championships. You know, kind of regroup, look at kind of what went wrong and come out really fired up. Also, and this kind of gets a little overlooked because they, the the, they won the team national title last year. Um, but they didn't perform well in the championship bouts. Um. So it was one of those where, you know, you'd like to see some of those guys. And a lot of it was the same guys from last year. So you're like, I'd like to see them, you know, just have a better outcome than, than last year. Well, they certainly did that. It started with Zane Rutherford, who has the longest winning streak in the country. Um, and I think it's a, it might be. I, I don't know if it's at 40-some or 60-some. I, I forget. But it, it's been a really long time since he's lost. I think it's 60-some. Um he tech falls this guy. So he either got a tech fall or a pin against everybody Every he faced person. over the entire weekend at national championships. And that is basically what led him to be out, most outstanding wrestler, um, which is basically like your, your, your finals MVP. You know, if, if you want to look yeah. at it like that, it, you know, it's tough because they only go against guys in the weight class, stuff like that. But Zane Rutherford is, is a beast. Um, then you go to Jason Nolf, who lost last year, you know, like 10 seconds left. You know, and that was one of the disappointments last year. He, he was great, but again, an underclassman. He still won the national title last right. year. And, uh, right, exactly. It, and that's the thing. As a team, they did amazing. You know, individually, they, you know, they left some on the table there. And you feel bad, like, thinking that way, but it is an individual sport. Like, that, that's where it's so unique in that sense. Yeah, like, it is very It unique. is one person out there against another person, and yeah, there's no one else to blame. There's no, you know, it's just straight up. Who's who's gonna win? Um, and Jason Nolf, uh beat his guy, and so Penn State was then two and zero in the finals. And you know those are the two. Honestly, we're looking at it now again. Maybe you know out of the three of us sitting right here, I probably follow it more closely than than the others. You know, in general, but compared to a lot of the Penn State wrestling fans, I don't know nearly. You know, like I, I'm I'm the new kid on the block there. So, going into the last three, though, they had a redshirt freshman, a true freshman, and Bo Nickel going against arguably one of the best wrestlers at the tournament for the last three years. And, you know, so you're like, ah, they might go two and three, but you know what? They they won the two that I felt they should win. The first two. Right. Or that they had the best chance of winning. Rutherford and Noel. Right. So, then you get to Vincenzo Joseph. Redshirt freshman, I believe from Pittsburgh Central Catholic. And when I watched yes, the interview right. yes. afterwards, I'm almost certain because he made a whipple comment. He's like, they they asked him about Pennsylvania wrestling because if you look at the numbers, like I think 
Ohio might have had more All Americans or more finalists, but Penn State had or Pennsylvania had more chance. I don't know, but Pennsylvania is incredibly well represented at the national championships in wrestling, um, not just at Penn State. But anyway, Vincenzo Joseph um, is wrestling um, Isaiah Martinez from Illinois, who had won the last two national titles, and he he pins him. Uh, he gets caught in the third period, and he just throws him on his back. And it's one of those, it kind of looks like a football tackle almost, where, you know, but in football, the guy would, like, roll off the top. He throws this guy to the ground and just stays there and pins him. And next thing you know, you know, you've got this upset, you know, and, oh, my gosh, and he's a redshirt freshman. And it, that was really cool. So now Penn State's 3-0, and and you're like, okay, well, we have a true freshman coming out next. Right. And Mark Hall comes out. Now he's Mark, a fifth seed. Right. Mark Hall's an interesting thing here because he was a red shirt. He was the number one recruit pound for pound, number one wrestler in the country last year coming out of high school. So basically, even though they're at different weight classes, they rank them. You know, it's kind of like the number one overall recruit in football. You know, they have a number one, even then they also have their position rankings. Right, right, right. So he was the number one overall recruit, and Penn State got him, and he comes in and he was going to redshirt, and then basically about halfway through the season, they start. There starts to be rumors that they may burn his redshirt, and they burn his redshirt, and he comes out and he loses his first match, and you're like, oh man! And they just talk. You know that can get in your head. You know, like should I have done this? Well, he went on a tear after that, and he lost in the finals, I believe, at the Big Ten Championships or in the semifinals to the same guy that he was going to wrestle, uh, Bo. I can't remember his last name from uh, Ohio State. And uh, Mark Hall ends up beating him in in the championship. Um, so now Penn State is 4-0. They had two returning guys win their championships, and a redshirt freshman win his championship, and the um, Bo Jordan and the true freshman win his championship. Now, now you're starting to get like, oh my gosh, we're down to one left. It's the last bout of the entire season in NCAA wrestling, and it's Bo Nickel who. Okay, so just to kind of put this out there, at Iowa, in a sold-out Carver-Hawkeye arena, you know, 17,000 fans or whatever, um, he was actually on the bottom. So, like, the other guy had taken him down and had, quote-unquote, control, and Bo Nickel pinned him from the bottom. All right? Like, that. that's really a weird thing. If You, you can look it up on, like, YouTube and stuff. It's, it's incredible. Um but Bo Nickel goes out and and he beats Gabe Dean, who again a two time defending national champion, you know. And it's interesting. A couple of these guys talk about. Um, I think uh, I, it might have been Nolf was talking about it too. Some of these guys, like some of these wrestlers, are like twenty three or twenty four. A couple of them are married, have kids. Like it, it's a different dynamic, you know, because of. A little bit because of the world competition. Like, some of them leave and compete on the world stage, international stage, and then come back and things like that. But Gabe Dean is this, you know, historically great wrestler. And Bo Nickel, who is a redshirt sophomore, um, gets the win. And Penn State ends up going five for five. One of my favorite things, um, I think it was, oh, I can't. I'm trying to think of the guy's name. He was a big professional, like, WWE wrestler. He's going into their Hall of Fame in a couple of weeks, but he sent out on Twitter. I think it was him, like realizing that if Penn State had wrestled the country in the rest of the country in a dual match in, in the finals, Penn State would have won. 
Right. Um, they yeah. had five guys, which is half, and they all won. And a bunch of them, they went tech fall, major decision, pin, and then got two decisions. So they would have they would have won a dual meet against the the field. Yeah, the field, the rest of the country. Like, it, it's absolutely amazing. Another amazing thing about that, and then I'll just kind of stop about it. I'm just still in awe. Still, I amped up over it. All five of those guys are returning next year. Yeah. This wasn't like a senior-laden yeah. no. team. This no, team is only young, a handful of seniors Which on is the whole why team. Justin and I are kind of thinking of going to Cleveland next yeah, year. Yeah, Cleveland next year. I look up. You can get ticket packages of tickets to each session. We'll talk about that off the air. Yeah, yeah. We're not going to go over <laughs> that now because this is in the early stages. You don't want to talk about anything like that when your wife's can track it. Right, you right. Know, yeah, this needs to be on the DL. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> Um, but yeah, we're we're talking about possibly going to the event in Cleveland next March. Uh, would be my first ever uh, wrestling event of any kind, unless uh, Justin mentioned about needing to go see a home Penn State meet right, yeah, next year. So that might happen. That's a cool as well. event. Just completely different, obviously. You know, in Rec Hall, stakes aren't quite as high. Literally, yeah. they'll sell it out and standing room only. Like it's packed. What I want to do is insane. do like. Hockey Friday night, wrestling oh. Saturday. So, well, we'll talk about this yeah. off the air too. Yeah, we'll, we'll get some good. But so, just to get to the the quick the minute video, I want to show of the stuff basically that Justin just kind of went over. Um, quickly before we do that, this is Penn State's seventh wrestling national championship. Their first one was in 1953, and then all they've done is win six of the last seven. Yeah. So give Kale whatever he wants. Yeah. Um, essentially, I mean, they already kind of did twice. I think. He got yeah, to I'm, get get him to come here was a lot because he was leaving his alma mater where he was a four time national champion. Right. Uh, Iowa State, Iowa State, yeah. To come to Penn State, which was a shock when he came here in twenty twenty ten, I believe yeah. everyone was like, "Wow, yeah, no, one no really one's messing it. around." It was out of nowhere that because he's not a Pennsylvania kid; he's a no, Midwest, Midwest kid. kid yeah. yeah. Um, for those who don't know, Kale Simpson never lost in college. Right, he, like, he not, won every single not time. Not just four-time national champion. He was like 144-0 or some, something absurd Some like absurd, that. yeah. Um, I'm going to play the video quickly. Um, your dad actually did write in to clarify a couple things here for us. Uh, Rutherford's win streak is in the 60s. He hasn't lost in three years. March of 2014 <laughs> was his last loss. And Penn State Ice Hockey won varsity in 2012, the fall of 2012. So this was their fifth varsity okay, season. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, we were close on, on all those. Uh, but let's watch some of the highlights from... The NCAA Wrestling Championships that happened last night. Penn State won the team overall championship before these matches even happened. Yeah, they clinched it yesterday morning in the consolation round because they were just so dominant. So here we go. Kale Sanderson's Nittany Lions were up with five straight finals at 149 pounds. The Zane train kept chugging along. Penn State's Zane Rutherford continues to dominate, beating Missouri's LaVon Mays handily. He won 18-2 by technical fall. Spelled with a D, by the way. Not related. And he was, he was down to nothing. Right. And then Penn scored State's all 18 Jason on North answer point. was looking to finish off his undefeated season in the 157-pound class. He took on third-seeded Joey LaValle from Missouri and took care of business, winning 14-6 to claim his first national title after a runner-up last year. At 165 pounds, Penn State's Vincenzo Joseph then pulled off the upset of the finals, denying Illinois' Isaiah Martinez his third NCAA title. Joseph getting the fall on Martinez to end his undefeated season. The third seed runs into the stands to share the moment with his parents. 
the 174-pound class. More Nittany Lions. Penn State freshman five seed Mark Hall took out Ohio State's third seeded Bo Jordan. All winning 5-2 to claim a fourth straight individual title. In the marquee match, we have 184-pounders. Cornell senior Gabe Dean was looking to cap a tremendous career with a third consecutive NCAA title. But the Nittany Lions' Bo Nickel was in his way. Nickel through the finals was the highest scoring wrestler in this tournament, and the sophomore who lost the 174-pound final last year would get the upset, holding on to win 4-3. All five Penn State wrestlers in the final one. Five individual titles to go with their sixteen title in the past seven years. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, it so really couldn't have been night. a much better weekend for, for Penn State wrestling or Penn State hockey. <laughs> right. Yeah, everything kind of went exactly how we wanted to go for sure. Um, but, man, it doesn't get much better than that. Uh, so... Um, yeah, just kind of uh, seven-time national champions. There were the trophies up for grabs. And uh, just to kind of put this out there, we kind of alluded to it, but Kale Sinderson has ten national titles. He won four as a wrestler, and he has coached Penn State to six. Yeah, that's insane. I mean, just absolutely insane. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I... Rutherford, Nolf, Joseph, Hall, and Nickel all win individual titles, and then the team wrapped up their sixth in seven years. So, just absolutely absurd. So, congratulations to Penn State Athletics. What an insanely good 2016-2017 season. Uh, you know, we all know what happened with Penn State football this year, but the soccer teams, um, stellar once again, baseball and softball looking good. I think men's lacrosse is undefeated. Lacrosse is undefeated and ranked 10. number one. Oh, They're number one. So, yeah, Penn State Athletics absolutely on fire right now. And, hey, they just announced a 20-year plan for athletic uh, facility great, upgrades. Great time to go knocking on the doors and calling uh, alumni and, and boosters trying to get them to donate. Right. right? So, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I noticed yesterday before they took the mats in – the five in a row for Penn State Wrestling for individual titles at the Penn State Wrestling Club website already added the 2017 banner to their webpage to show the seven national titles. So, all right. Well, let's get into some baseball talk now before we wrap things up with our movie madness tournament. So baseball, Philly season coming up here in about two weeks, I think. Um, do what Do they open on... Sunday or Monday? Don't they usually do like? I, I know there's an earlier game too, an international series. But. So I think I, I'm not 100 percent sure. I think the Phillies open at home on a Friday. Let's see, that. I think Friday the seventh is their home opener. Oh, it's a Friday. Okay, but they may start on the, like on the road Sunday. I, I, I'm not oh, okay, you're talking sure. home opener, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's pull that up here. Yeah, Monday, April 3rd at the Reds. So they're in Cincinnati for the first three. Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, the 3rd, 5th, and 6th. So they do open on Monday, April 3rd, uh, 410. Yeah. Yeah. That's, man, that's why we, we got to do these previews right now because it's so like thrown off because it was 70 degrees like two weeks ago. I was like, all right, I'm ready for baseball. And then we had a foot and a half of snow. And I'm like, no, I don't think I'm (laughs) ready. I don't think it's baseball time yet. And now it's like, 
couple weeks. Baseball. Yeah, it's it's kind of crazy. I think what else throws it off is, I don't know, for me a little bit, is the World Baseball Classic. Just in the sense that right. it throws off some of the spring training talk. Um, you get away from some of that. And it's this World Baseball Classic, which is fine. But, like, you know, two weeks out, they're usually talking about, like, you know, setting rotations and all this other stuff. And more of the news has been on the World Baseball Classic stuff, which is great. However, like, without that news, it doesn't really, like, prime me for mm-hmm. opening days, like, in two weeks. True. <laughs> yeah, that's good. So, yeah, so three on the road for the Phillies, the first three of this season. Then they have six at home against divisional foes in the Nationals and Mets. I believe I'm going to be there on the 7th. So. You're, you're at opening night? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Sweet. So... Um, then they actually play those exact same teams in the same order on the road the next week at the Nationals for three at the Mets before coming back home again to play the Braves and Marlins. So they kind of rotate their homestands and and away pretty evenly until mid-May when they go on a nine-game road trip. Uh, They have actually a couple long road trips at the beginning of the season, so they must have a lot of home games in the second half. That's kind of, I like that. I'd rather get the travel well, out of the way early. The Phillies have been a second half team over the last right. decade or so. They've generally, when they've been good at least, or average to good, they've been a second half team. But what do we expect from them this year? Justin and I covered this a little bit a couple weeks ago when we had, um, our listener special. I believe both your dad and my dad asked what we thought about the Phillies yeah. this year. And, uh, we'll fill Brent in and anyone else that missed that show. Our take on the Phillies for 2017 is improvement, mostly because you can't get much worse right. than they were last year. And, and in the statistical categories that really matter, you know, scoring runs and preventing runs from being scored, they were um, among the worst in the National League, worst in all of baseball in some statistics. But a lot of the guys that they have back this year, or back this year, some of the the younger guys, you expect them to take a little bit of a step forward. They've added some veterans for rotational purposes, as well as, oh, got some junk popping up here, as well as um, some bats, some some outfielders. You know, the biggest thing is Buck Holtz in the rotation. Um, he he's the big one. He's the marquee guy. Yeah. He's the one that they're going to turn to. I don't believe he's going to be the opening no, day No, I was just going to say, he's. I don't think he's going to get the opening day start. We thought he would, but it doesn't look that way. That's okay. During spring training, which I know that your uh, parents were in attendance for yeah, yeah. Um, over the last few days. Yeah, they timed that well with the weather. But. Yeah, right. <laughs> Although, I mean, it kind of messed up their travel yeah, plans. Yeah, let me rephrase but. that. They almost timed it really well with the weather. <laughs> really close, really close. But I think they've seen and we've seen on a larger scale that the Phillies during spring training are kind of what we expect them during the year. Massively inconsistent. Mm. One game they'll go out there and they'll put up 12 runs and the next game they'll get shut out 8 nothing. Yeah, and almost get a perfect game thrown against them. Right, so... Spring training. That's kind of how the Phillies have been a lot, though, like in the past years. The last, the like, except, five years? Yeah, with the exception of, you know, obviously the 2008, 2009, 2010, that span of time where they were... They were, they were putting up big numbers 
every game. Like they're they're they've always kind of been a inconsistent team. I remember my great grandfather used to say the same thing. They go out one day and score thirteen runs, and the next day they get shut out. Like like he would get so frustrated with them, and that was back when I was a kid. Right. So like that's kind of just how they've always been, and 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 obviously that's not how you win ball games. It, you know, you got to yeah. be consistent. And honestly, that's that's one of the areas where I would look for them to maybe improve on this year is just like we we try and tie these back but it's kind of crazy that it was 10 years ago marked the beginning of like the playoff run for the Phillies not just like you know right I remember I remember we were in the stage where it was like oh 10 years ago they were this was the time where they were get you know battling to get 500 and all that stuff well 10 years ago was the year they broke through and had that Epic comeback against the Mets when it, they were down seven and a half games, I think, with like, you know, 17 games left or something absurd. And yeah. they end up winning the division on the last right. day. That was a oh, decade ago. Gosh, that, that was, was incredible. Crazy. That was 10 years ago. Yeah. Wow. And so, like, you know, when, when we look at that and, you know, our, our long weekend to Indiana when we were setting the alarm <laughs> for the <laughs> afternoon games, <laughs> right? Like, that was the best long nine weekend years ever. Ago. Yeah, you know, like, <laughs> how, yeah, that was a great long weekend trip. <laughs> but you know, I I kind of look at this team and hope hope that this team is like I'd like to say that this is like a 2006 or you know team you know where you're starting to really start to maybe push to that level where you're going to break through. In reality, I think it's probably closer to like an 0405 team where you're still probably a couple years away. But you start getting some of those pieces in place. You have some veterans like Clay Buckholz who, you know what? I think the best thing that could happen for him is he has a great first couple months and we trade him away. Mm-hmm. You know, like, this sounds terrible, but, like, almost any veteran on the team now, like, we've traded the guys that you're, like, sentimentally attached to. Like, they're already gone. Yeah, everyone's So gone. now, if there's anybody that ha- that is of value – that you can get like triple A guys, you know, like triple A really guys or hi- guys. higher. Yeah, get them. You know, like trade away. You know, so like the Buckholz if he's if he's doing well. You know, um, you know Hellickson if if he's doing really well. You know he you know he could kind of get out there and you know he could maybe draw in some you know some trade interest. But the guys that we were emotionally attached to from the title run and everything they're they're gone. So in reality. This year needs to be solely about preparing for the next five years. You know, to me, like, figure out what you've got. Guys need to get better and start establishing, you know, taking hold of these open positions. Because to me, like, basically every spot on the team is, like, open. Like, there's no – yeah, I know they have some young prospects at some spots who they're kind of like that's probably who's going to get it. But every spot's kind of open. You know, have some of these guys start to, like, take hold of these positions like – you know, Jimmy Rollins took, you know, took control of that shortstop position, you know, like, and, you know, Chase Utley started, he took hold of that second bait, you know, and just all those guys, you know, this is the time for those guys that they've had a good farm system the last couple of years. They really restocked when they got rid of a bunch of these guys. Now's the time where they need to start breaking through, you know, and, and at least showing the promise. Like, well, time is only going to tell if they're going to be able to step up. I mean, right, we had right. people like Darren Ruff, who we thought was going to be the next Ryan Howard. Now he's playing in Korea. Right, yeah. yeah. Cody Ashy, now with yeah. the White Sox. Yeah. Right, I mean, uh, who was the other guy? The big, tall... Dominic Brown. Dominic Brown. Who, yeah, man, yeah. He was going to be the next Brown, big guy, who they too. wouldn't trade for Roy Halladay. 
Right. They yeah. wouldn't trade him for Roy Halladay. They thought and he was the next. They ended up thing. the yeah. next year. They ended up trading him, or not trading him, but they ended up being able to sign Roy Halladay. But like, mm-hmm. is he playing anywhere right now? Not Roy Halladay. Uh, Dominic, Dominic Brown. Brown. I don't know. I don't know that he is. Yeah, I'm right. sure he's in a farm system somewhere. Actually, like, I thought it might have been the White Sox too. But I, I felt bad for that guy because he was such a nice. He seemed like such a nice dude, but he yeah. he could not get a, on a consistent run. No, he, you know. Well, he had that one. Awesome May he a did. few years ago. I remember he hit like that. twelve home and runs. And everybody was like, "This is it. Here we go. Mm-hmm. He's finally got it." And yep. nope, just didn't work. So no. last year, Philadelphia went seventy-one and ninety-one. It was an eight-game improvement from twenty fifteen, where they went sixty-three and ninety-nine. Now, Justin and I both believe that they're probably in that seventy to eighty win mark. I would love to see. I'd love to see him get the five hundred. 81 and 81 really, would be great. Above, mm-hmm. I, I was thinking if they can get the 76 and 86, yeah. like I five games, that's, that's five more games. You know, if they win five more games. That doesn't sound like a lot, and people right. probably would be still be complaining and everything. But five-game improvement is really a 10-game improvement in the standings. Well, in, in yeah. many ways, I guess they considered last year the start of a rebuild, but I would imagine that this is the biggest start of the rebuild that's happening because, like, yeah. They really closed out the era when they well, when they got rid right. of what, Ryan Howard last Ryan year. Ryan Howard's done, and, and, and now they are really starting from scratch this year. Right. So we got Ruiz be, moved on. You know, like they moved all of right. those pieces. This is a new team it's now, and so I would agree that while they were like kind of waiting in, now they're swimming in the pool of rebuilding now. Like yep. they're all the way in. Mm-hmm. So is Ryan Howard? Has he gotten picked up anywhere? I don't as, believe as a, so. I don't believe a, so. Really? No. I I think he'll end up on an AL team somewhere at some point. You know, probably for like five or six million dollars. Mm-hmm. You know, they just they literally just write their own money in in baseball, like because the contracts are guaranteed and there's no salary cap. They just yeah, wow, that's, they print their own insane. money. <laughs> yeah, the, I mean, I don't know if this is a good thing or not. Like, but to me, like looking at the roster, looking at the talent they have that's not quite ready, I look at this year as. A small improvement next year. You're hoping right. 500, and then maybe the next year. So we're talking already 2018 before. Like there's a oh, chance yeah. for maybe a wild card berth. Right, right. But here, here's one of the things that you have to look at too. Uh, and you hate to do this, but all right. So the Nationals and Mets are kind of primed for right now. You know, well maybe it's not a terrible thing to be primed for two years from now. You know, like it, yeah. you know, like. Don't get me wrong. It's always good to compete early, but, mm. you know, it, it's tough to compete because they're going to be, they're kind of in an arms race, you know, signing every free agent they can get their hands on, all that stuff, like the Phillies were 10 years ago, you mm. know, like that, that's the way they are right now, which I get, you know, when you've got those guys. And I think the Nationals are fully aware. I I don't know when his contract's up. I don't I don't think it's this year. I think it might be the following year, but Bryce Harper's going to leave the Nationals. Um, right, uh, and so a lot of people Philadelphia well, for so, the twenty eighteen. So a lot season. of people were talking about you know he just write him into the Yankees because they're going to pay him. Mm. He, he's going to get four hundred million dollars. He's going to get a four hundred million dollar. How about Trout and but, Harper? Oh my gosh! Can you? <laughs> we we can only afford to pay play two outfielders, so we're only going to play with eight guys. But <laughs> hey, you got to do what you got to right, do. Right, like that would be incredible. Um, but there there have been some people that think that the Phillies. In terms of the money situation, may be able to lure a Bryce Harper or at least interest from him. I don't think we'll ever get Bryce Harper. I think that we may be used as a pawn to jack up the price for the Yankees, which I'm okay with that too. Yeah. But um, <laughs> I mean, I'd rather have Trout. <laughs> oh, me too. Me too. If I had to pick between the two, I'd pick Trout. He's he's better. 
He he's better, and I like him more. He's like, from the area. Yes, he's an Eagles fan. <laughs> <laughs> he but, needs to come home. Come home, Mike. Yeah. Come home. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Can you imagine? Like, and I there are a lot of Phillies fans who get annoyed with the love affair that Philadelphia fans, not all, but many have with Mike Trout. They're like, he's a player that never played for the Phillies, was never in the organization. Why do people love him? They're like, he's not even from Philly. Yeah, but he's from South Jersey, which might as well be Philly because they're they're Philly fans there too. Right. Like, I'm one of those. Come on, Mike. Come come home. No, when you think about it, though, that's really what the, at this point, I think what the Phillies organization lacks is like one big star name. Because I remember when I was – when the 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 start of the revolution for the Phillies was when they hired uh, when they when they hired uh, Jim Tomey, and when yeah, Tomey came like on, that was that was the and, beginning. And they talk about that because he was the first free agent, like big free agent, mm-hmm. to willingly choose to come to Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah December sixth, two thousand two, he signed with the Phillies. Right. So that was the beginning of the era. I think the very you're very. Right. You're right. That's you a know. good point. And well, then the next year, what happened in two thousand four? They opened Citizens Bank Park. Right, right. So you get mm-hmm. the combination of things mm-hmm. there. It, it's interesting because you talk about that. Like, we we do need – like, who are the stars going to be? Like, are there guys sitting there, you know, that could develop into the next Jimmy mm-hmm. and Chase and Ryan? Mm-hmm. Not saying, you know, career-wise, it's, it's tough to match those guys. But all those guys were homegrown. That's true. You know, yeah. like Burl. That's what I'm saying. Now, those guys like, could be Victorino – wasn't homegrown. He was unknown when he came to the Phillies. But like Jason Worth wasn't homegrown. He was, you know, they got him. They're rule they got those, five picks. Right, I know, but like, like how, but that's crazy, right? So they were right. They were no. They were guys that other teams didn't just want. let go. The and, Dodgers, right? Yeah. This is great and that, for what happened. Oh my gosh, that aspect to it. What but, happened? What? what? So like, Victorino, well, Victorino and Worth were rule five picks, meaning oh, the Dodgers are basically so like, like yeah, we yeah, don't if, want yeah, him. Yeah, if yeah, we right, want him, right? If players don't escalate up the farm system quick enough yeah, like yeah, trade certain them. things well then you have to decide whether you want to protect them or not mm. and you can only protect so many players mm. or like you have to pay them right like so they let these players they basically say like eh, if, if you another want them, team you can wants have you them. yeah mm-hmm. now if another team takes them they must play them on the 40-man roster right or right. maybe so even on the active 25-man i, I roster. think the 40-man so okay. like you basically so have you to can't put them, put them triple in triple a. a well you can't put them at triple a and like not or double a you know you can't send them down to the lower leagues you have right. to have them on the 40-man like they're taking one of your spots that yeah. you will have for well, 40 guys that's, i think that's the but, kind of uh some of the some of the luck that goes into this sport is like some of those guys like victorino and worth they just needed the opportunity to play, probably. Well, and that's what Pat Gillick did. Pat right. Gillick gave found these diamonds in the rough mm-hmm. right. in Worth and Victorino and Greg Dobbs. Right. You know, guys and, like that. Where Ed Wade got the guys that drafted, the right. ones that were homegrown right. was Ed all Wade, Ed Wade. Everyone hates. Everyone still hates and Ed dude, Wade. Ed Wade had so much to do with the Phillies dynasty, it's incredible. But he doesn't get any... Everyone talks about Pat Gillick, Pat Gillick. Right. And I love Pat Gillick because he... he but do you remember? Put it all do, together. Do you remember the first thing Pat Gillick did when he came in? Like no. not the first thing, but almost the first thing. Traded traded away Bobby Abreu oh, and yes. said it's going to be a few years until we compete. And people lost their minds, including me. <laughs> like, what do you mean it's going to be a few years till we compete? You just traded away our all star. He was like, like we our had only one, player. and he was a legitimate all star, and you traded him away. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you mean? Well, it worked out because then next year, I think that was two thousand six, two thousand seven was mm-hmm. the year. They end up making the playoffs, losing to the Rockies. I believe the church ran a bus trip 
to the game right after Abreu was traded. Yes, they, like, they did. We were there for the first game without Abreu, yes, and everyone talk, was like, it was, it was oh, awful. Man. It was awful. I believe a certain a certain listener to the show sent an email to just like a Philly's front office saying like, well, you know what? Let me know when you want to compete again, and I'll start buying tickets again. Like it was, they were fed up, you know, like because it was the it wasn't really received the right way, it wasn't presented the right way, but like what he was meaning was we don't have the pieces we need to kind of build, but in reality they did have the pieces. They you know they just, just need to be young and develop right, yeah. So and Abreu, like, Abreu what, after that went on to play with the, 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 Yankees, the Yankees and then yeah. the Angels. Did he go to the Angels at all? Or, or I think he, he did. Yeah, he finished yeah. his career yeah. at the Angels. Yeah, and unfortunately, I think the the one. Wasn't um, Corey Lytle included in that trade? I think and he might have ended been. up passing away right. in that aircraft incident. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, I don't know about that. I remember that guy's name, but, Corey Lytle. So, right? yeah, it it was kind of crazy. The thing is, like, I don't know who those guys are going to be on the roster. Who are the core guys that we have? Do we have core guys coming up through the farm system? Well, Franco lo- looks like he's a real deal, right? They like he does look like he's a real deal. But, like he is. Then you get the guys like. That have been at Reading and are kind of moving up. Like, can can like Roman Quinn? Can he stay healthy and steal mm-hmm. thirty bases? Again? I know steals like people debate whether they're worth it or not anymore. But it helps to have a guy that's blazing fast on your team. Mm-hmm. And no question, like yeah, you know, could, can he stay healthy and be that guy? Because when he's been healthy at Reading, he's been incredible. Mm-hmm. When he's not healthy, which is a lot, like he, mm-hmm. you know, that creates problems. But they've got guys at Double A AA and Triple A. Who are going to be the guys to cement themselves in the lineup, and who are going to be the guys they go after in free agency eventually? You know, when the time comes. I don't think now's not the time, like to sign the big free agent. No, I, I, not and not this fall either. It's right, two no. falls from now. Right, it's, exactly. It's November twenty. They need to be the supplement. Twenty seventeen. They need to be the piece you're bringing in to get you over the top. Eighteen. Yeah. So not not the piece to build around because then they're free agents by the time you've cemented your guys that you're building in from your own system. Yeah, because I think I I think I said that wrong earlier. They, I don't expect them to be contending for a wild card spot until 2019. No, I yeah, I knew what you meant. Yeah, I, I was saying 16. Like 17 is this year. 18 next year. I think like 500 is a goal in 2018. Around 500. That would be my goal for next year. 2019 is the year. I'm like, all right, it's time to get into the mid high 80s. Get a wild card. Maybe if it's a down year, somehow win the division. But that's three seasons away. The essentially, Phillies, the Phillies weren't in last place last year. Last year, right? Was it? Was I think a, they were in fourth. Was Atlanta? Atlanta was was hit. Yeah, rock they were fourth last, last year. year at seventy one and ninety one. Yeah. And that doesn't necessarily mean that the Phillies were that much better. Just that Atlanta was absolutely awful last year. Yeah, they <laughs> were really bad last yeah. year. Their start of their season was like what the la- what the like the worst start of yeah, any they, major league. Well, they, they were like fired one, Freddie Gonzalez. Really, weren't really they really, like one in twelve or something like yeah, that? Yeah, it was like the worst start to any season in like history. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, it was rough, and 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 they um. You know, they've always been a good team. They always have pretty consistent. Yeah, they're really consistent a lot of times. And they made some weird moves, too, in their front office. They traded away. They had the prospects, and then they traded them away to compete right now, and they got worse. It was was bad, because then you're basically, like, restarting, you know? They completed their rebuild and then tore it apart, and basically they went all in and lost bad. (laughs) I think... Right now, the, the Phillies are still trying to figure out what's going on with the positional guys, but they kind yeah. of know three or four of their long-term starters are. Like, at least you think they were. You know, like, 
we we mentioned um uh Buckholtz as being a temporary guy cuz you could get something great in return for him and even Helixson there was a possibility he wasn't coming back or he could be trade bait still could happen but guys like um Eikhoff, Nola Velasquez and people talk about Jake Thompson I think as well yeah. like those are your guys that you're like okay we need to see hopefully healthy right and we need to see some consistency building up their repertoire and getting ready for, you know, the next three to five years. These next two years are still developmental for them. It's just on the biggest stage. It's three to five years from now when you need those guys to be anchoring a rotation like we had Hamels doing with, um, you know, in the heyday near the end of the run with Halliday, Oswalt, and Lee. Oh, my gosh. Which, to think about, that's what the rotation that people just forgot about Joe Blanton or whoever they would throw out there as the fifth guy because the four guys were so incredible. Um, that 2010 season is still something I'll never forget, um, both for the good and the bad, the way that it ended. Um, is that but, the one where it ended with Ryan Howard limping off the field? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was the that was awful. That they should have, on paper, that might have been the best Phillies team. Yeah, on paper. Yeah, you know, with with the pitching that we had that year, and I think that what they they won like 102 games that year. Yeah, or something. they yeah. did. Yeah, crazy. Um, but you know, Brent mentioned Franco. He's kind of the guy that everyone points to as being, um, you know, the future, at least the one that gets all the press because of the potential for the home runs. Yeah, he's the power um, guy. Yeah. But you know, showing off in spring ball, I think this year, um, a couple of Reading guys in Hoskins and Stasi were looking good, um, and everyone is just waiting for the opportunity for JP Crawford. He he's the big guy. Uh, because, you know, Freddie Galvis is, is fine, but he's not the solution or yeah, answer so to anything. Yeah, so J.P. Crawford has spent some time at Reading the last couple of years and started to get some time up, I believe. He started moving up last year, yes. I think. Man, kick and play. Like, oh, man, he's he's one that, like, he's fun to watch. And so you'd like to see him kind of break in there and start to maybe get his chances, you know, and start to take a hold there and, Start that learning curve on him, you know. Like I think he's getting close to that time where you know what, maybe it's time to start seeing what he can do. Well, that's the thing too. Freddie um, Galvis is pretty flexible, right? He played third yeah. base and shortstop. Like he can he can move around right. the infield a little bit, so. right? You and know, he, he's got a great glove too, man. Freddie right, he Galvis. can definitely be one of those. Like I view Freddie Galvis as maybe he's one of the guys that you know because he's so versatile, plays a bunch of positions, kind of helps to bridge us into mm-hmm. that when when they can compete again and in that. When that time comes, he's still got a spot because he plays everywhere. You know, he's mm-hmm. kind of like that Eric Bruntlett, you know, that was on the 2008 team. You know, like where you're just like, all right, he can play third base. He can play outfield. He can play second. But, you know, he's the guy that's going to play all the day games, you know, and he's going to play if somebody gets hurt. But, you know, like maybe Freddie Galvis can be that guy when they're good. But until then, he's going to be moved around a little yeah. bit. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of old names, you mentioned Brentlett. Did you see that Wes Helms was oh at God. camp this week? I oh, was he really? I didn't see that. Yeah. Well, I saw Halliday's in there as an instructional guy in there to help out with the I think pitchers. I saw That's on, cool. I think I saw it on the, on, on the Phillies app. It was like Wes Helms like standing next to... Oh yeah, it was great. <laughs> you remember, they traded Brent, or Wes Helms for a dollar yeah. to the Marlins. And bats, right? A dollar. <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah, that's cash, what they... cash considerations. They traded him for a dollar. <laughs> I'm, I'm dead serious. Yes. yes. So, um, and I still think we won the trade. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, 
after um the events of the fall and the election, maybe we don't pay attention to 538 much anymore because they <laughs> blew it like everyone else. But their projections actually have the Phillies at 72 wins is the average from uh, Pakoda Fangraphs uh, and then from Davenport and Westgate, uh, 72 to 73. And I'm sure this is homerism and, and, you know, the bias, but I want to think that it's more like 75 to 78. Yeah. That's my hope. Right. That's actually about where they have the Marlins, who they have finishing third. So they Well, and that's kind of what I was going to say to you. Do they have enough to finish third in the division this year? Now, that's not well, just solely a Phillies question. Based guess, on these projections, you got to think that it's Nationals and Mets, which we already talked yeah, about. Yeah, they're... Marlins, Braves, and Phillies, and how is it going to play out? Do the Phillies players take a step up? I mean, the Braves were terrible last year, and they have them finishing just in front of the Phillies. They have the Phillies in fifth, at, like I said, mm. 72. They have the Braves at, for rounding purposes, 75, See, and the Marlins at 78. Here's, here's the thing, though, and I thought about this just honestly during the show was... If this is truly the first year of the rebuild, like last year they started calling it that, but we still had Ryan Howard on the exactly. books. And we still had, and if this is truly the first year, could there be a step back from last year? Mm. It's true. Yeah, I mean, it's possible. How productive, I mean, but exactly. How, how productive, productive were, were those guys, guys who were hanging on to? I completely agree. I, and a lot of it's going to come down to the rotation. I mean, Tommy Joseph was essentially the everyday first baseman. Right. Who... It's gonna it's gonna come down to the rotation. Is the rotation healthy? Are they competitive? If they are, the Phillies I think are closer to the seventy five range. If they're not, and there's health problems, and they're just patching High together 60s. all year, then they're probably the worst team in baseball. And at least we can add in a number one pick, probably. So, so um, who who NL East? Who would you guys favor, Nationals or Mets? It's tough. I'm going to pick the Nationals because I feel like the Mets' rotation, while in theory is better, we've already seen how they can't get everybody in that rotation healthy at the same time. That's usually not a problem that tends to get better over time. You know what I mean? Uh, I know the Nationals haven't exactly had that either, but I feel like I just feel like the Nationals either have to get over the hump and, and be that team in the East or – drop off at some point, right? You can't how good can well, I guess team the NL East, that was the Braves, right? They were they made the playoffs how many years and they won the division how many years in a row and then only won one World only Series out of it. Right. Yeah. Like so maybe you can in the NL East. But I feel like the Nationals are the team that gets there. I, I look at the Mets, like I just think while the rotation's there, I don't know about some of the other guys and their contributions. And even in the rotation, I think the injuries start to catch up. Brent, what about you? Nationals, well, Mets, I, your favorite I, uh, one? I don't, I don't do enough research on those teams to probably give it too much of an educated guess. But my, it, based on what I saw from them last year, I probably would say that they probably flip flop a little bit in the beginning of the season, uh, pretty neck and neck. But I, I do think that, that I agree with Justin that the Nationals are going to pull ahead. But I think there's, I think. Right out the gate, though, it's going to be a little bit of back and forth between those two teams. But I don't think the Mets have the longevity to 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 uh, put enough wins up on the board to to, to make it through, like to get up on that first place rank the whole rest of the season. So yeah, and you, again, you look at the Mets; they're an interesting team too because they're kind of in a similar position to the Nationals. Like their window is now because when these guys all come up for contracts, all these young pitchers and everything. 
they're not going to keep all of them, you know, mm-hmm. like, and that's kind of how the nationals are. They've got a lot of young talent now, like they time to win is now, mm-hmm. like not two or three years from now. Now, obviously they plan to continue to be good, you know, like, but well, they've been their, cool. their they've window been... is open now. It's not like, Oh, it's going to be open. Their window's open now and they're making moves accordingly. Well, and the nationals have been close a lot right. over the last couple of well, years, really close. Right. They can, they're getting to the point too where they're probably they could they could smell it, you know. Right, they exactly, were so and that's close. where I'm with them. I'm almost to the point where they either have to do it or they're going to fall off. Mm-hmm. Like it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, it would just because I don't really see one of the other teams overtaking them. But like, if you were to tell me they were to finish third, you know, but I, I still think we're a year or two away from that. No, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, I agree. So quickly, let's wrap it up and finish the National League. We'll go to the Central, where obviously the reigning World Series champions reside in the Cubs. Can anyone catch the Cubs in no. the Central? Um, Cardinals might, but I, I never doubt the Cardinals just because just because so Cardinals, consistent. right? They they can always put something together. Um, Five thirty eight is also high on the Pirates. They don't think that any of them are going to catch the Cubs. They think the Cubs are by far the best team in the NL Central and probably in all right. of baseball. I think the Pirates' window has is is closing. Um, I think they're. I think they completely botched the Andrew McCutcheon thing, and I think that's just foreshadowing their whole season. Is he still with them? He is, and they tried to trade him without him really knowing. Ooh. And then they moved him to right field without right him, him knowing. knowing. Yeah, that was what? a big deal. Yeah, yeah like, he was there. After guy. the guy who, who – he, I was going to say, he, he single-handedly revitalized their franchise. Yeah, and then – And they whoa. just two things in a row, like within a month's time behind his back. Yeah, what a crappy move. I just think – that's going to be tough for them. Like, I just think that speaks to the larger issues that are there. Mm-hmm. So it's Cubs and everyone else, but don't count out the Cardinals for yeah. at least a wild card and maybe to push <laughs> Chicago throughout the year. Then out West, it's all about the California teams, Dodgers and Giants. They're the cream of the crop, followed by Rockies, Diamondbacks, and Padres. Justin and I have this debate every year, and we always flip-flop who's it going to be. So are you a Dodgers or Giants guy in I'm 2017? A, I'm a Dodgers guy. I'm a Dodgers guy. I'm actually going to agree with you this time. I'm oh. going to go Dodgers in 2017. I I think um, I went with the Giants last year for sure, um, just because it was an even number of years. I was going to so say it was an even number of years, so it had to the be Giants, right. but uh, it, it <laughs> wasn't meant to be. Uh, so I'm going to go with the Dodgers this year. I think it's uh, it's their turn in the West. So we'll say out West, but flip to the American League. So Rangers. Um, Mariners, yeah. Astros, Angels, Athletics, Rangers. Yeah, I, I, I think I picked the Astros last year and they let me down. Do the Do the Rangers still have Hamels? Yes. Yes. Yeah, and he he did pretty well last year. He did all right. They they kind of underachieved, like towards the end. They, they underachieved. I, I think the smart bet would be go with the Rangers. But yeah. I'm just going to double down on my Astros from last year. Like, I went with them last year, and they disappointed me. I'm going to go with them this year and say it's going to be the Astros in the West. But the Rangers are right there um, in the wild card hunt. AL Central. So, um, Indians, heartbreaker last year. Royals, Tigers, White Sox, Twins. Royals just a few years ago were the best team in baseball. But now Cleveland may be the only team worthy of a playoff spot in that division. And I think uh, um, it's their division to yeah, lose. Absolutely, I'm going with Cleveland there. Um, I feel like they've added a couple of pieces now. Some of the pieces they had last year that performed really high, 
level. I don't know that they'll continue to perform at that level, but I still think they're the best team in that yeah, division. Yeah, they added Edwin Encarnacion and Michael ben- Brantley, excuse me. Uh, as long as they stay healthy, you got to think those as at least situational upgrades. They were to... up 3-1 in, in the World Series. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, do you think you'll see the same two teams in the World Series again this year? I think it's very possible. I think Indians they're the two best Cubs. teams in their leagues, yeah. That was quite the series, man. And I'm not I'm not either a fan of either of those teams, to be honest with you, but so, like so Well, I mean basketball, baseball people, and football. The people final talk about games, 2016 man. being a rough year just like for celebrities, like all all kinds it of stuff, right? It was incredible right? in sports. In sports. If you take your rooting interest out of it. In, right. Yeah. Rooting interest Pretty out, exciting. but like just from a pure like entertainment, fan, even if you're a fan of the sports, not necessarily a fan of teams. Like you couldn't have asked for more. Like look at, um, like the Super Bowl, like the year before. It wasn't. I mean, it wasn't a blowout. But Panthers, Peyton was, I mean, Man, you had the right, Peyton Manning story. Peyton Manning. You had, um, you had Villanova winning the NCAA championship on a buzzer beater. Right. You had um, the NBA Finals. 3-1 lead, Golden State against LeBron. LeBron, LeBron comes, comes back. back. Right, so historic there. Um, you had in baseball, like I'm trying to think. I don't remember I don't the, think the hockey, hockey was. Finals. I mean, I it was, they were that I don't, yeah, I don't right. think it was that great. But, so in, uh, in World Series, you had the Cubs and the Indians, you know, historically loser franchises, you know, like that haven't had their heyday in a generation. And they both make the World Series for the first time in, you know, a generation. And then the Cubs come back from 3-1 to one to win. You know, like, it, you have all these just different things kind of going on. Like, Yeah, I mean, it, it, I definitely got go wrapped with, up in the whole Cubs thing because, like, right. I wasn't even a F- Cubs fan. But them being in that drought for right. as many years, like, like, you had to watch I, this. I kind of felt bad because, honestly, like, if the Indians were playing anyone else, I mm. probably would have been rooting for the Indians because mm. they were the team that, you know, had, had the long drought. Penguins won the series four to two. Yeah, never mind. That's Scratch also that. why we hated yeah. hockey. Yeah, see, I had I'd wiped it out of my memory. Um, but you know, like so, from a sports sense, like it's yeah. Outside of good. hockey, like right. yeah, it was an incredible, incredible year. And I think we could see a. Re- I mean, we already started off the year right with the Super Bowl. While mm-hmm. I didn't want the Patriots to win, what a heck what of a, a game! Of a right? Game. Yeah, wow. you know, we have basketball going on right now. You don't know what's going to happen in the final there, but it's setting up. You know, got off on the right foot with the Super Bowl. Let's have twenty seventeen rolling through. I mean, and you talk about. Uh, I mean, you talk about that. This is the backtrack quite a bit here, but that coach you said that's like the winningest wrestling coach, oh, Kale yeah. Sanderson, yeah, right? Uh, collegiate, yeah, yeah, right. And you and you got to look at somebody like that and be like, okay, that's enough proof to me. Say say he's really 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 good at what he does right <laughs> and then and then you gotta say like some people really do not like tom brady but you look at his numbers and you look at all those things and you can't debate like he's obviously really 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 good at what he does yeah and you then, know what I mean? honestly for me that's kind of like the threshold that he kind of passed through like up through this year like i would there was always I, I some didn't doubt necessarily right? believe it but i would argue against it because i didn't want it to be true right mm-hmm. you know I have nothing, like, I have nothing I can really, I mean, I can make arguments, but I don't really necessarily even believe the arguments anymore. Like, I just, yeah, how do you argue against Tom Brady? Like, I mean, look, look what he's done. Look what he's done. You like, have to yeah. analyze anybody like that, no matter and if it's sports or anything. it doesn't necessarily mean that that's the guy I'm rooting for, because I still root against him every single time. <laughs> However, <laughs> you know. Well, I was, I was sitting on the couch watching the game with my, with my, 
my wife and my mother and father-in-law. And they were hugely, you know, against the Patriots winning and Tom Brady. And I was just sitting there watching the game, you know. <laughs> and they got done. And, they, and you know, the, the game was over. And I go, well, you gotta got to give it to Tom Brady. He's obviously, you know... Works really hard, like, and, and, no. and my my brother in law looked at me. He's like, "Do you want to leave now?" <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. He's like, "You gotta watch what you say around here." <laughs> so let's wrap up the baseball talk so we can finish with our um brackets. Aliens. Is this a Sox Yankees? Yeah, it's Sox Yankees. Yeah, I think the Orioles are going to drop a little bit. Blue Jays. Middle of the pack, raised, not, not, nothing there. I might, I do think it, I'm not going to say it's the weakest division, not in all of baseball, but in the AL, but I think the Central probably takes that with the Indians being up there and then everyone else way back below them. But I think it's Sox, Yankees, race. I think Boston's the better team. I do, don't think the Yankees make the playoffs. I think it's all Red Sox there. Uh, but I do think the Indians are the best team in the American League. I think the Cubs are the best team in the NL and we could see, uh, you know, another duel there. But after the way it went last year, who would really argue against that? Yeah, really, I'd be okay with that. All right, any last things to say about baseball before we wrap it up with the March Madness and our Movie Madness tournaments? No, again, I'm just hoping the Phillies get a little better. Like, start start building. Mm-hmm. Right. Agreed. Yeah, hopefully that's uh, where we're going with uh, the Phillies this year. All right, so... Quick look at March Madness now. We had the, we're almost at a full Sweet 16. The big shocker, Wisconsin beating Villanova yesterday. Uh, disappointing for us. Wisconsin will now take on Florida, who beat Virginia 65-39. to 39. No, that's, that's Virginia for you. They, they beat North Carolina earlier this year, like 47-40 to 40 or something like that. Like... They can hold teams down, but they Sometimes don't they always score. score. And if the other team scores, then they can, they're in trouble. Um, so you can see that there. Um, <coughs> so The other games that are going on right now for trips to the Sweet 16 is 11-seed USC is beating 3-seed Baylor. About seven minutes to play. The Trojans lead 63-59. Play in USC, by the way. Correct. And who your I think your mom had winning one of the uh, tournaments. Yeah, yeah, was there it. an explanation behind that? No, because my mom never roots for teams from California, so I don't so know. Completely blew my out thought of is water. maybe she thought it was South Carolina. South Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of which, in a game going on right now, approaching halftime, Duke is beating South Carolina twenty-eight to twenty. Again, winner on to the Sweet Sixteen. Kansas beat Michigan State with a good second half performance, ninety to seventy. They get to take on Purdue, who outlasted Iowa State. Purdue, I think, is in the Sweet Sixteen for the first time in like six or seven years. Yeah. Elsewhere, Oregon snuck by Rhode Island, seventy-five seventy-two, and Michigan had a huge second half comeback to take down the second-seeded Louisville squad. They beat them seventy-three sixty-nine. I think they were doing a lot from uh, downtown. Yeah. Hitting a lot of and, threes. Well, and that's another game that where they did that. In their first round game, they hit more three-pointers than they did two-pointers. So, uh, <laughs> right now, we have uh, Wisconsin, Florida, Kansas, Purdue, Oregon, Michigan, and we're waiting, uh, we're waiting on the uh, 
the next set of teams between USC, Baylor, and South Carolina Duke. Um, Gonzaga beat Northwestern. West Virginia beat Notre Dame. Xavier upset Florida State. And Arizona beat St. Mary's. Yeah, that Xavier game, they, they were the double-seeded team to beat a single-seeded team. That was the largest amount, I think, that they had ever Yeah, 91-66. to 66. Kentucky yeah. held on to beat Wichita State. Not good for my bracket. Cincinnati-UCLA tips off tonight. North Carolina beat Arkansas, and Butler beat Middle Tennessee. So that's essentially your Sweet 16, just waiting a few games to wrap up. Uh, USC Baylor, South Carolina Duke, and then, um, where's the last one? There it is, Cincinnati-UCLA, which doesn't tip off for another 20 minutes. I look at our bracket tournament here. Who's on top? Well, that would be... Not Adam, but his son, Matthew, who's leading the bracket challenge right now. <laughs> How old is he again? Yeah. He's two. <laughs> All right, he's, he's a little older than two. Yeah, he's like two oh, and three right. months. Oh, yeah, right? <laughs> so he is in first place all by himself. He's got 480 <laughs> points. He's in the 99.4 percentile <laughs> overall. He has a lot of points left, 1,260. So he's there to stay right now. I'm guessing he needs Duke to win. Ah, uh, yes, he does. Yeah. Just I don't know why I thought that. Yeah, what a, what a shocker that. there! In second place or tied for second is my cousin Todd, and um, Chalk Picks doing well in fourth. A uh, couple brackets um, that stuck stood out to me. Um, Isaac has Arizona winning in one of them. Uh, one of the few, of course, Villanova was favored so, by a lot. Of people in our challenge, one one of my brackets, not not one that I entered, so I know it doesn't count. But just in one of them, I'm in the ninety six point nine percentile, um, and I have Kentucky winning in that one. So it's still a chance still to alive, do really yeah. well in that one. The other ones are awful and will continue to be awful. So. I think my favorite is um, your mom that picked USC <laughs> yeah. and dead last fifty sixth, the point five percentile. In the wrong area, not the ninety nine point five, the point five percentile. That's hard to do. Um, she still has her champion champion left. She has six hundred and twenty points remaining. She right now has eighty. So she got six out of thirty two games right in the first round. That's hard to do, <laughs> especially because there weren't that many upsets. And I think she's gotten one right in the second round, which obviously. Because of not doing so well in the first round, it's tough to do well in the second round. She'll struggle round. early on, but she'll cl- she'll start climbing if USC keeps winning. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, uh, where am I sitting? I was doing well after the first first round, for sure. Second round started to take its toll on me, and last night really killed me because I, I went with St. Mary's. I wanted the St. Mary's-Gonzaga matchup. Oh, that was, cool, so man. I was going for that, and that wasn't to be... So I think, I, yeah, I'm down here in 29th, and my daughter Natalie is at 34th. Actually, Justin and I are tied. <laughs> so we're both 29th. Fitting. We have 390 points. I have more remaining. My champ is UCLA. I don't know if you saw that, too. I, I did. I, did I honestly thought I'd be the only one to pick that, because they're a three seed. Right. And they were, like, the third most picked team <laughs> when know. it came down to it. Well, that's because my... they average, like, 92 points a game. Like, people... My cousin, People like Lonzo Ball. I, I'm kind of going with the Charles Barkley method. I'm going to wear the jersey of whoever UCLA is playing every game <laughs> until they lose. <laughs> I hate you so much. Oh, um, man. My cousin Todd, who's in second place, also has UCLA. 
Um, so if UCLA would win, I was kind of surprised that Isaac went with left. Arizona. Was that some? He like, hasn't. He has a North Carolina. I was going to say, is no, that a? I don't want to jinx my team. Pick. Um, no, he does. His Arizona bracket is in seventh, um, but I know he does have another one, and I think he yeah obligatory UNC over Duke. Uh, it's in twenty second right now, but he has over twelve hundred points left. So you know. It, you can look at this every weekend and be like, oh, who's in first place? It really means nothing until you get into I have, next weekend. I have confirmation there. that that pick on USC was made thinking it was South, South Carolina. There we go. Even Confirmed. though South Carolina is in a different bracket. But I guess that ignores the first part of this that says stop making fun of my, my picks. <laughs> did, can Ask her how Maryland did. I'm not going to ask her that. So I guess I technically just <laughs> yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. Which which bothers me because I picked them to go to the Sweet Sixteen. Oh man, that that stinks. Maryland, I mean, and the other one, come, Vanderbilt. Really, I mean, come on, seriously. They literally threw it away. So so bad. All right, let's last thing here. Movie bracket. So this this will be fun. So we <coughs> are doing movie madness. We started with sixty eight movies. We willed that to 64, then down to 32, and that voting ended, and we're left with our sweet 16. In the host region, we got to see Ghostbusters topple Pulp Pulp Fiction, Home Alone beat The Dark Knight, Raiders of the Lost Ark beat Saving Private Ryan, and Goodwill Hunting beating Inception. I think that was the biggest surprise to me in that one. I thought Inception would would carry that one, and Goodwill Hunting came out on top. Uh, I think I voted for Goodwill Hunting. Did you? I, I haven't seen Goodwill Hunting, so oh, gosh, it's so good, so good, man. so good. I mean, Inception's good too, but um, yeah, Goodwill Hunting is really based good. on some of the selections. I'm not at all going to suggest we watch all of these movies because there are some that I have no desire to watch. Right. However, <laughs> I have the um, DVD to Goodwill Hunting. We definitely, <laughs> we definitely need to watch some of these. Yeah, yeah. especially well, the that, ones where one of us hasn't seen one. That would that would be good. That's yeah. true. Goodwill Hunting's a great movie. Yeah. All right, so then in the dad's region, we had Christmas Vacation versus Skyfall, and the holiday movie came through just like Home Alone did, and Christmas Vacation moves on. National Treasure 2, maybe a bit surprisingly, took down Invincible, a sports movie and a Philly sports movie, but National Treasure 2, Book of Secrets, moved on. Toy Story, the play-in, took down American President. And a battle of, a, once again, sports movies, Rudy versus Blindside. Blindside moves on. Hooray! So, cri- cri- yeah, blah, blah. Christmas Vacation Hooray. takes on National Treasure 2, and Toy Story takes on the Blindside. Unfortunately for the sports movies, I believe yeah, Toy Story is probably going to take that yeah. one. And Christmas Vacation just keeps powering along. Yeah. I-, I love Christmas Vacation. I love Home Alone, but... Like when it comes down to the movies, I'm not gonna pick the holiday movies over mo- other movies. That I like, I won't watch See, Christmas Vacation in June. I'll watch Home Alone anytime. Home Alone is borderline. I, Christmas I Vacation, I won't watch anytime. It's that one's a that's December true. movie. What that's, about Die Hard? Die Hard's a, a Christmas well, that's movie. a border. See, that's a borderline <laughs> Christmas movie. You know that one's more like Home Alone's Home closer than kind, Die Hard. Yeah. Is. Yeah. Home Alone is kind of kind of borderline too. Although that is becoming more of a Christmas movie, I think as the years go on, but. All right, let's uh, move right along here. We'll look at the wives region. Mm-hmm. We had Jurassic Park taking on Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Really tough choice there, but Jurassic Park moved on actually pretty convincingly. 
Then Twister against Apollo 13. That was a close one. Twister gets the nod. Really? Then we so saw, I feel like oh, that's an unfair. That's an unfair vote. That's what? Twister, Apollo 13? Yeah, yeah. Well, they're both Kellys. Actually, the entire bracket well, I, saved I know, for the play-in was like, Kellys. I, I feel like, I feel like with, with recent events, like, Twister had the built-in advantage. Gets, gets the bump. The, the Bill Paxton gets bump. Gets the bump. Well, oh, he was, Bill except he's in Apollo 13, too. Yeah, he is. So. He's in both That's of true. <laughs> that is true. Uh, I, I just love Apollo 13 movie. They, that, that movie's great. They're I both, know. They're both, that was probably the toughest choice I had to make yeah. in any of the three <laughs> rounds. Well, including the, the one that's going on now, I guess. Um, cause now that Jurassic Park's taking on Twister, that's a tough one for me as well. Both Harry Potters lost mm. 14, Order of the Phoenix lost to the Goonies, and 15 Half Blood Prince lost to Cinderella. So now we have Jurassic Park against Twister in the Wise region, and the Goonies another play-in against Cinderella. My guess is the Goonies is gonna move on, I, I think. So um, overall appeal, those are some people that don't like fairy tales or don't like Disney or whatever. Jurassic Park against Twister, I think, is an interesting one. We'll quickly pull up where we stand here in a moment after we talk about the Sisters region. The Sisters region saw Father of the Bride take down Pitch Perfect, but Finding Nemo take down the sequel, Father of the Bride Part 2. <laughs> Who picked these movies? Was it Bill? Well, Did Bill pick these? If it's Sisters region, do this, you really have uh, to think too hard okay. about that? Well, it, it sounds like <laughs> Bill's top ten here. Father of the Bride and American President. Finding Nemo is also a play-in. Actually, the American president was from his dad. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, really? My okay, dad went okay. with a bunch of. That's a little bit of a chick flick, yeah, kind of. His dad. That's a good movie, though. I will like. I do his, like the movie. His dad went with like Patton. Yeah. Okay. Like those movies. Yeah, yeah, he does love that Patton. Uh, and he and he actually the Blind Side is his. He, that's the one he's holding on to. Yeah. He's like he's riding riding the Blind Side. Uh, it's, unfortunately, I think it's probably coming to an end. Um, but yeah, the rest of the sisters movie. region saw Saving Mr. Banks take on Boondock Saints, which is just <laughs> quite the contrast there. And Saving Mr. Banks came out victorious, and that will they will take on Beauty and the Beast, which took down Armageddon. A little surprising to me. I like Beauty and the Beast. I want to see the new one that just came out. Oh, yeah. But Armageddon was always one of my favorites. See Beauty and the Beast beat that. It was a little bit of a surprise, but hey, whatever. You need to see Saving Mr. Banks go against Saving Private Ryan and see what happens. <laughs> well, Saving Private Ryan lost. Oh, so, yeah. uh, <laughs> so we have Father Bride versus Finding Nemo. I know what's moving on there. Finding Nemo is going to take that for yeah. sure. Saving Mr. Banks and Beauty and the Beast. Interesting. Classic says probably Beauty and the Beast. Absolutely. So that's where we stand with that. But let's um, move on to the current standings here. And we have 27 responses so far. Again, this voting will stay up until uh, next Saturday. Have I voted on this one yet? I don't know. Have you? You I, tell me. Is it the newest <laughs> one? I don't remember. Yes, it's the newest one. It just opened yesterday. Oh, then I probably did not. Yeah, so this is the Sweet 16 voting. And so as vote, of right now... Vote home can along. I vote right now? There, I will kill you. <laughs> Oh, yeah, which brings up some people who have been banned from the show. Right, yeah, have been banned from my life. I just defriended. I was just like, gone. I don't need you. Where is the... Uh... And then he went nuclear in the comments section there with the... Did he the... respond? I didn't even see it. Yeah, he put a picture of Diana Taurasi holding a championship trophy. Did he really? Oh, my gosh. Rizzo. I'm... You're you're dead to me, Rizzo. 
So, gosh. Um, Ghostbusters is losing right now. So, Brent, hurry up and get your vote. I, in. I know. Well, how do you? Is it on your page here? On Brent, I put it up like seven here. I'll, times. I'll get it for I, you. Sorry, no, don't let him do that. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> Ghostbusters, the one seed, is taking on twelve seed Home Alone. Uh, it's very very close. On that one. Uh, Home Alone is is winning fourteen what? votes to thirteen. Yes. The three versus seven is Raiders versus Goodwill Hunting. Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's taking that one right now. Almost 75% of the vote. I like Raiders of the Lost Ark. I like Goodwill Hunting more. No like, way. And, and it's a better movie. Oh. The Wives region sees kind of, wow, a little bit shocking. Jurassic Park is beating Twister pretty badly. See, I'm not that surprised. I feel like Jurassic Park is the one that is going to hit home widely. Like more people. Yeah, yeah I guess I'm, so. I see. I'm a Jurassic Park guy over. I, yeah. I like them both, but I, I'd pick Jurassic Park. Twister well, is such I a huge part Jurassic of my Park. life, and Kelly's life that like that one comes up in conversation all the time but jurassic i mean this these are her two movies like this is her um top two movies jurassic park and twister are her mm-hmm. top two and they're facing off against wow. one another uh jurassic park's winning 22 to 5 right now um over 80 percent of the vote to jurassic park then we have cinderella taking on the goonies and as expected the goonies has 70 percent of the vote right now sisters region finding nemo beating up on father of the bride 21 to 6 and Beauty and the Beast beating Saving Mr. Banks. Kind of what is expected there. In the last region, the Dad's region, National Treasure and Christmas Vacation, actually pretty close. Uh, 15 votes for Christmas Vacation to 12 for National Treasure. And as expected, Toy Story is beating the blind side 20 to 7. So about 75% of the vote for Toy Story. Not too many surprises. A couple of that are close, but it's very, very early in the voting. We only have 27 responses so far. And um, the first round we got 61, and the next round I believe we got almost 70. Oh my gosh! So um, you know we're not even we're about a third of the way through the vote. So well, you anything... didn't get mine yet, and that's the most important one. So. Right, right, right. Did did you do it? We'll, add, you a, we'll add a multiplier here yeah, there you to go. your vote of point one. If anyone's getting a multiplier, it's me. No, not point one. <laughs> point one. That's not helpful whatsoever. Only if it's for Home Alone. I'm never mind. Um, I'll make the comment. I need to. Um, I need to go on Facebook and talk to Rizzo. I didn't see his comments because I responded as the show, so maybe that's why. Right, it was a picture of Diana Taurasi like holding like a championship trophy or something, and I was like, oh man, was Star Wars on any of these things? Yes, Star Wars. I um. Well, actually, no. Return of the Jedi was in the play-in. The Mm -hmm. I took eight movies and four moved in, Mm -hmm. and Return of the Jedi wasn't in the top four. Really? Then. In the 64 team field or movie field, I had Rogue One mm. and The Force Awakens, yeah. and both of them lost in the first round. They both wow. got tough draws, I think. Yeah, well, I forget. Was Rogue One's. What was Rogue One? I don't remember. Force Awakens took on The Dark Knight. And I, you know, I've yeah. been very vocal about my. Joey even picked the... Dark Knight. No, <laughs> I did not. <laughs> Maybe I'm, maybe I misremembered. Yeah, you're misremembering. That's it's the t- definition of an alternative fact right there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, so we've gone very, very long. It's time to wrap things up here. Um, <coughs> oh, Brent, my dad a few minutes ago said, bite me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming that's for you making fun of his movies. Well, Legally Blonde 4 wasn't on the list. I didn't know. <laughs> Bill keeps writing it in every week <laughs> in the email in the email address portion. 
first daughter is not his favorite. <laughs> and that was not included. First so daughter. Easy to pick on Bill when he's not here. First daughter at should be included in this survey. Dot com. <laughs> um, so, do either of you guys have any shout outs? Anything to say? No. No. <laughs> no, nothing. Shout Just sit there and everybody. stare at me. That's good. Well, Brent, thanks for joining yeah, us. Yeah, thanks for having me. This was fun. Yeah, sorry it started a little slow with some hockey and wrestling talk. No, it's, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not one to contribute too much to the sports uh, talk, but I enjoy always talking Phillies and everything like that. So thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, once we got to baseball and movies, things were a little bit more natural. Yeah. So, <laughs> and it's all good. Justin, thanks for joining us here again. Yeah, it was uh, good to be here and... Great weekend for Penn State. Yeah, incredible. Hopefully the spring sports can keep it up. Yeah, and I I got my uh, Penn State Star Wars crossover shirt on to uh, celebrate our uh, movie discussion and the incredible weekend that Penn State Athletics had. We will not have a show next week. I will not be around. So we will go on air again in two weeks where we will be, let's see, we're voting for Sweet 16 now. So we'll actually be kicking off the Final Four vote in two weeks. So that'll be a huge one, and I'm actually having scheduled to have a special guest join us via Skype to discuss that. Um, I don't know what sports angle we'll take there. Probably a little bit of baseball talk because he's also a baseball fan. He is from Canada and is a Blue Jays fan. Uh, Brent knows who it is. It's Mr. Dominic Jones from the Star Wars Underworld who will be joining us. Um, on episode 228 in two weeks. He's a film major in school in Canada, so I thought it'd be That's awesome. appropriate to talk to him about our movie madness challenge. And then, uh, so the, he'll uh, be thoroughly disgusted with our picks. <laughs> well, we already <laughs> talked a little bit about it, and I, I, I warned him, and he, uh, he's actually voted in every round, okay. so he knew. All right. All right. Um, but I said, Comes yeah. on thinking said, he's seeing the finest of cinema, <laughs> and he's voting between Pitch Perfect and... <laughs> <laughs> no, he was, he's well aware that um, Star Wars didn't have a great draw or a great showing, okay. and, and we established that I need new friends and family, so... <laughs> I can't really argue against it, so... <laughs> So, um, yeah. So, vote home alone. See you later. You are going to be the death of me. Or I might be the death of you. <laughs> we'll see. So, this wraps up episode 227 of the Joe Mays and J-Raff show. Make sure you tune in every Sunday evening, except next week, um, for our take on sports. For Justin and Brent, I'm Joe Mays. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the Joe Mays and J-Raff show. Tune in every Sunday for the latest sports discussions from Joe and Justin. Each episode is available live on Facebook Live and can be downloaded or streamed on iTunes and SoundCloud. You can interact with Joe and Justin on Facebook and Twitter and stay up to date with the guys at JoeMaysAndJRaff.com. The Joe Mays and JRaff Show is part of the JMNJR Radio Network. For more info, visit JMNJRRadio.com.